الحمد <تصفيق> الذين يذكرون الله قياما وقعودا وعلى جنوبهم ويتفكرون في خلق السماوات والارض ربنا ما خلقت هذا باطلا سبحانك فقنا عذاب النار صدق الله العظيم وسبحان الله الكريم بدنا الدرس Allah Ta'ala out of His grace and mercy has blessed us with innumerable bounties and favors and we can never fully express our gratitude to Allah Ta'ala for even just one of the countless favors let alone fulfilling the haq and the right of shukr for all the favors and bounties of Allah Ta'ala among these innumerable bounties one very very great blessing of allah taala is his heart that allah taala has blessed us with and the heart is obviously king it is the heart that the health of this physical heart determines the health of the body to very very great extent this physical heart becomes diseased it becomes ill the whole body becomes ill likewise spiritually it is this heart which everything emanates from and on which basis it is judged if there's iman in this heart then the person has got the ticket to jannat if there's kufr in this heart allah forbid the person is headed to jahannam if there's ikhlas in this heart then all his amal are acceptable to allah tbaraka wa taala if this heart is devoid of ikhlas it becomes filled with riya with doing things in order to impress people then the very same action which could have taken him to great heights that same action becomes a means of his destruction in the hadith sharif rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam says man salla yuraa'i faqad ashraka billah the one who performs salah he performs salah but in order to impress somebody not for the sake of allah taala in order to show off to people somebody must see that mashallah what a wonderful salah this person is performing so what has become of that salah he is performing salah that amal which is the greatest obligation of deen after iman the most important obligation is salah that salah has become shirk that he was performing salah but that heart was corrupted instead of ikhlas in the heart there was riya so that heart becoming corrupted resulted in this great amal of salah becoming a means of shirk that now he is ascribing partners to allah taala by doing this for other than allah taala so this is how important this heart is and this heart is the seat of the thoughts of insan and whatever a person does his actions his actions stem from his thoughts that's the seed the tree comes up 
you see the branches coming and then on the branches the leaves come and then the flowers come and then people enjoy the fruit and sometimes there's a tree that comes up and then the branches also come out and then there's very very dangerous thorns that come out of those branches and the person just brushes past it too, he will injure himself seriously. So that tree that brought out the beautiful fruit also and this tree that came out with those dangerous thorns, both trees, it's not the tree that was just fell from nowhere, it grew out of a seed. There was a seed in the ground. The seed is buried, it's hidden, you can't see it. And if a person goes and digs up after a while, you won't see any sign of the seed too. But it was the seed that gave rise to that fruit tree and people are enjoying the delicious fruit, they're enjoying the shade of the tree, they're looking at the beautiful flowers and their hearts are getting cooled, their minds are getting refreshed. And all the good of the tree they're enjoying, but it came out of the seed. Very small seed, the tree is a massive huge tree, but it came out of a small seed that's buried under the ground. And likewise somebody is now cursing the tree that they brushed past and got uh, injured by it because of the sharp thorns and whatever else. But that too came out from a seed. Likewise in Sam's Amal, the good things that he does, that too came out of a seed of the thought. That thought, that intention that got created in the heart, that thought that was there, I should do this. Then that thought took the form of an action eventually and now he went ahead and did that Amal. The thought came in the heart of some evil. And the person now started giving some kind of attention to the thought. He started watering it by means of that attention he was giving to it. He started tending to that plant that got planted. As a result, slowly it started growing. And then eventually that thought of evil, it expressed itself as an action. Now the person went ahead and did something. So what we understand from this is how important this heart is and how important it is to get one's thinking correct and not just correct to then build it from being correct and straight to beyond that to beautifying it because straight a straight heart will enable straight thinking a good heart will enable good thinking and a beautiful heart will enable beautiful thinking and when the straight thinking will be straight amal the person will act correctly, he'll refrain from wrong. And then when there is good thinking and beautiful thinking, he won't just confine himself to doing what is right. He'll do beyond what is right. He'll do what is extremely good. But it all stems from that thought. And did he train himself, did he develop that heart to think correctly to start off with? And then after having thought thinking correctly to build it up to start thinking in a better manner, to start thinking beautifully. But all this comes from what kind of heart has been developed. One person came, one Sahabi came to Rasulullah a young person, and he comes in the gathering of the Sahaba Ikram, and he addresses Rasulullah and he says, Ya Rasulullah, give me the permission to commit zina. The Sahaba were astounded, they were very upset. How can a person even think about asking such a question? This is something that, and asking Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. But Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam called him forward. 
he didn't rebuke him. This was a person, something had now occurred in his heart, that heart had to be now directed. That heart had to be directed. This person, on the one hand, the very Christian showed something. That he didn't want to do anything haram. There was some desire that was overwhelming him, but he still didn't want to do anything haram. So he came to ask for permission. Maybe it might, there might be some way that there might be some leeway for me. Obviously there's no leeway for something like this. But the fact that he came to ask, and that too in the gathering of Sahaba, the consciousness of Allah Ta'ala was there, so a very high level. He was not prepared to do anything haram. But he came to ask. Rasulullah called him forward, and then very nicely addressed him, and in a very, very good way, he asked him some questions. Many a times, if a person asks himself some questions, his thinking will come right. If he stops to think in this manner by posing questions to himself, now he wants to do something, if he stops to think that what I want to do, which is going to impact on somebody else, if I turn the tables around, he does that which impacts on me in the same way, would I be fine with it? When he starts asking himself these questions, he starts thinking correctly. So this is what Rasulullah thought in this particular incident. Now this person asked a question. Give me the permission to commit zina. Nabi Sassam called him forward and asked him that uh, if somebody had to do this with your mother, would you be fine with it? Would you be able to tolerate it? He says, never. If somebody had to do such a thing with your sister, would you be fine with it? Never. How can it be? Somebody had to do such a thing with your daughter, would you be fine with it? Impossible. How can I even think about it? Well, that too would be somebody's mother. That too would be somebody's daughter. It would be somebody's sister. Then Nabi Islam put his hand on that young person's chest, made dua for him, and it is dated thereafter the most detested thing of all things in his heart was adultery and fornication and zina. But the lesson in this for us, in regard to what we are discussing, Nabi Islam taught him how to think. That put yourself in the other person's shoes and then think. Ask yourself some questions. Now this was bringing the thinking onto correct thinking. That no person should not be thinking about haram. And in order to keep the mind clear of that haram, you should be thinking correctly. And one of the ways of thinking correctly is this. Put yourself in the other person's shoes. Therefore in another hadith, Nabi Islam says, لا يؤمن أحدكم. None of you is a believer. حَتَّى يُحِبَّ لِأَخِيهِ مَا يُحِبُّ لِنَفْسِهِ until he loves for his fellow Muslim what he loves for himself. Now what is this teaching us? That think first, before doing something, think. That what I want to do, if I was in the other person's shoes, what I would have wanted for myself. So I must love the same for him. If somebody is, for example, starting off some business, so now what we are being taught in this hadith, put yourself in that person's shoes. If you were starting off that business, what you would have wanted for yourself? I would have wanted everything to go well, to prosper, there should be no loss. And I would also have wanted everybody to be happy for me. I have wanted everybody's du'as, everybody to be happy for me. That, well, I'm moving forward in trying to earn some livelihood in a halal manner. So likewise, I must also wish the same for my fellow Muslim brother. Now that 
is think, teaching us to think in that manner. So now if a person thinks correctly, it will cut out hasad. If he doesn't think correctly, that jealousy and hasad will creep in. If he doesn't think correctly, he will start then harboring malice. So now being taught to think correctly. Then put yourself in the next person's shoes, what you would have wanted for yourself. Now you wish the same good for your fellow Muslim. So one is to think correctly. And thinking correctly brings it out from haram to halal, brings it out from evil to righteousness, brings a person out from misguidance to guidance, brings a person, a person out from all evil habits to correct habits. So this is one of the most essential things to develop the correct thinking. And that is why there is so much of emphasis on the heart. Because if the heart has been developed correctly, the heart has been rectified, the person will think right. And when he thinks right, he can think what are the priorities in life. What is to be done? What is the priority? There are many things. But now what is the priority? So let me give attention to the priority. Al-aham fal-aham. The most important thing first. Then the next thing in line. Some sahaba they thought about it, that Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Allah Ta'ala has blessed him with such a great position. He is completely masum and sinless. We can't come anywhere close to this. We can't imagine being anywhere close to it. So we have to exert ourselves way beyond this. So one person said, I'm never going to now sleep the whole night. Whole night I'll make ibadat. Somebody said, I'm never going to miss one day fasting. Every day I'm going to fast. That person said, I'm never going to get married. Now this wasn't the thinking that Nabi Islam wanted them to think on, the lines to think on. Nabi Islam came to know about it, he called them. He came to them and he asked them, you all said this? He said, no, this is not my way. I make ibadat at night and I sleep also. So now the balance, thinking correctly, creating the balance. I fast also and some days I make iftar as well. Thinking correctly, creating the balance. And I also am married. So the person doesn't follow my way, he's not from me. The person doesn't think in that balanced manner, he's off the correct path. He doesn't think in a way that he gives priority to what is the most important thing first. Then he's not thinking correctly. So one is this level of thinking to bring things onto the correct thinking. But then we haven't been left to just be content with that. Then we find there's so much of encouragement to us in the Quran Sharif, in the Ahadith of Rasulullah that we have to now go beyond just thinking correctly. In everything else, we want a lot of adornment, beautification, we want to really make things uh, sparkle. So everything else has to be adorned, our external selves have to be adorned, our shoes have to be shining also. Our cars must be very, very sparkling and shining. And then everything constantly needs an upgrade. Everything constantly needs to be all made new all the time. What about the heart? That the heart be content with just, just being there where it is? No, the heart is the most important thing. Therefore, in the Hadith Sharif, Rasulullah says, Inna Allah la yanduru ila ajsamikum wa la ila suwarikum. وَلَكِنْ يَنْظُرُوا إِلَىٰ قُلُوبِكُمْ وَعَمَالِكُمْ 
Allah Ta'ala doesn't look at your physical self and your appearance. Appearance in the sense of those things that are not in your control. Otherwise there's an appearance in terms of the Sharia appearance. The appearance of the Sunnah which is a requirement. And the appearance some things are compulsory. But this is referring to what might be a person's complexion for example. What might be a person's uh, height. Somebody is tall, somebody is short, somebody might be very physically strong. Somebody not so strong. So all these things are not in a person's choice. Allah Ta'ala doesn't look at that to decide who's going Jannat and who's not going Jannat. Who's going to be closer to him and who's not going to be closer to him. That is not the basis on which these decisions will be made. وَلَاكِي إِلَىٰ قُلُوبِكُمْ وَعَمَالِكُمْ Said Allah Ta'ala looks at your heart and your amal. The heart again first. Because the heart, what is in the heart that will determine what the amala? So what is in the heart now? That needs to be adorned. A person is living in a plain, simple house, not painted, he can still live. Life will carry on. He's not painted, he doesn't have any flooring. He just has a bed there, everything will carry on, life will carry on. But he's not prepared to accept it at that level. If he can afford a little bit better, he can't afford it, he's still borrowing sometimes. And he's all the time trying to make it more comfortable, try to make it more beautiful, try to adorn it more. And then now the latest things that come out, a person must have it. And then a person starts following fashion, then the person starts falling into the fashion trap, then there is no end to it. Then every other, every other month there will be a new fashion. And then what he still hardly even used will be now outdated. So now that becomes, obviously somebody has to make money. So now in order to keep that money rolling, somebody has to become a slave of fashion, has to be made a slave of fashion. So now that person must keep buying. If he keeps buying, then somebody else will keep rolling it. But now this is the point that everything else we want to keep beautifying, keep adorning, keep making even better all the time. But the heart, let alone making it correct, we don't even sometimes take the time to sit down and look deep down in our hearts. What is there? Person sees some little bit of something out of place in his home, that too becomes irritating. Something little bit out of place in his business, something is not in the place where it's supposed to be, something is just sticking out of line a little bit, that too becomes an irritation. Somebody didn't do them something to the T as they say, that too is a problem. And then we will demand perfection. Say, I'm a perfectionist. So I want perfection. Everything else has to be perfect. The heart can be what it, what it is. There can be, there should be no dirt lying around anywhere. Forget dirt, there shouldn't be a speck of dust also. But inside the heart, there can be the whole filth of all the world's sewerage inside the heart. What the person is watching on their phone is what the whole world's sewerage which is being flushed down through the phone into the heart. Doesn't matter, the heart can have all this filth in it. But everything else must be speak and span. Whereas the heart is the most important thing. And on the day of Qiyamah this will become apparent. In the cover this is what we'll talk. It is not what a person learned and what he can now say with his tongue that will talk in the cover when the questions are asked, Man Rabbuk, Ma Deenuk, Ma Taqulu Fi Hadar Rajul. The questions of the grave, the heart will speak. What is in the heart? If he had 
recognize Allah tabarak wa ta'ala the ma'rifat of Allah ta'ala was in the heart the heart to speak Rabbi Allah he had recognized Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and followed his way of life the love of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa was in the heart the love of his Mubarak sunnah was in the heart and that zeal to act on the sunnah was in the heart then he will be able to say that my my deen is Islam my Nabi was Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he loved Islam he'll be able to answer that that was in his heart he'll say it so this is where the effort has to be so why do we take all the efforts to make sure everything else is in line and everything else is in order and everything else is clean and everything else is not just clean but it is super clean and it is sparkling clean and then it is adorned as well and then after adorning it there must be some kind of lighting that gives off its shine as well all kinds of additional things to now really make it sparkle we need to sometimes sit down daily every other day sit down look deep down in our hearts what is there and if you look correctly with the correct eyes then we'll see a lot of things we'll see some very ugly things you might see some malice you might see some jealousy you might see that ego with that terrible like that worst kind of picture that a person can see and conjure in his mind you might see that terrible picture in the heart of that ego with that fiery eyes and whatever else you might see some really lot of dirt and filth and when a person takes time to look into his heart then he will become concerned about trying to clear it up also now this is where the need comes to sit down take some time to ponder to look deep down in my heart what is in my heart this lesson that i've been taught in the ahadith of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam that they should be well wishing for every muslim is that in my heart we're talking about the correct thinking then the adorned thinking which comes from an adorned heart a beautiful heart a beautiful heart will give rise to beautiful thinking those beautiful thoughts will come that will give rise to beautiful actions hazrat jarir ibn abdullah bajali radhiyallahu ta'ala an the well known incident about the sahabi nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam took bayat from him that he says i took bayat on the hands of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam ala salati waz zakati wan nushi li kulli muslim that i will uphold the obligation of salah i'll perform all my salah i'll discharge zakat now we know about salat and zakat how important this is in deen hundreds of times in the quran sharif this is mentioned the most important pillars of islam the fundamentals of deen he says i took bayat on the hands of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam on three things number one salah number 2 zakat and number 3 one nushi li kulli muslimin that i will be a well wisher of every muslim can you imagine this is being joined together with salah and zakat i'll be a well wisher of every muslim so now he took this to heart the heart is the root of everything he took it to heart and now when he took it to heart or the heart became adorned with this lesson the heart became beautified with this lesson one is the basic level is i won't harm anybody at all i won't hurt anybody in any way won't do anything to bring anybody down in any way won't hurt the feelings of anybody in any way obviously a person is doing something right in the right manner and then somebody still hurt about it now that's beyond him that person wants him to do something wrong 
He says, no, if you don't come with me to some haram place, then I'm going to be very upset with you. And I'm going to be broken hearted. So now a person has a choice between breaking that person's heart or breaking Allah Ta'ala's command. He has a choice between breaking the relationship with that person or breaking the relationship with Allah Ta'ala. So obviously, if he's going to now join that relationship with someone at the cost of breaking the relationship with Allah Ta'ala, how can that be ever considered? But then, one is at basic level. Not to hurt anyone, not to cause any kind of inconvenience to anyone, not to be a means of any kind of trouble and problems for anyone. But then there's a level beyond that. So the Jareer ibn Abdullah radiallahu ta'ala an, he adorned his heart with this lesson. So now this beautified heart, adorned heart. Now he wanted to buy a horse. So he sent his slave to go buy the horse. That person, one person was selling a horse, he bought it for 300 dirhams. Now he comes along with it and he brings that seller as well to come and fetch the money. The Jareer now looks at the horse. He's already been informed, it's 300 dirhams. He says to the seller, would you be happy to sell it for 400 dirhams? He is already happy for 300, why would you be happy for 400? By all means, say, what about 500? What about 600? What about 700? Finally, he bought it from him for 700 dirhams. Somebody asked him, but what is this? We don't understand this. This person already had agreed to 300 dirhams. Now you went and paid 700. After the deal was done for 300. So he says, well, I had already taken bayat on the hands of Rasulullah I will be a well-wisher of every Muslim. This person did not know the value of his horse. He was selling it for 300 in, in the wrong thought, in the misconception, that this is worth 300. Now if I also bought it at that price, taking advantage of his ignorance, then I, didn't, I wasn't a well-wisher of him. One is he knows its value, for whatever reason he wants to sell it for less, up to him then. But this person wasn't aware, it was clear he wasn't aware of the value. And now I'm taking advantage of his misfortune in a sense. That can't happen. I have taken bayat on the hands of Rasulullah to be a well-wisher of every Muslim. It was, deal was done for 300. I'm paying more than what the deal was done for. 400 dirhams more. But that is what the well-wishing of a Muslim requires. Now, where can that emanate from? That can only emanate from an adorned heart. A beautiful heart. A heart that is now brimming with this lesson of the well-wishing of every Muslim. Now, one is to have that heart which is on that basic level. That is compulsory. That heart which is straight. That heart which is thinking right. That heart which is thinking correctly. But that is not where we have to stop or can stop and afford to stop. We can't, we don't stop at anything in dunya. In dunya there is no end. Person is forever, there is one thing he says, well now, this has to now build to something else. And then after that now he's built ten things out of it. And his ten businesses, whatever else. He says, no, no, this, this can't be lying around, it has to do something. So this must now take it to another level. And then he sits at the beginning of the year again, and then he says, but what is the growth? There must be some growth. If there's no growth, then what is the, what is the point of it all? So it's not a matter of just earning one's living. No, it is far beyond that. Earning one's living, then sometimes you've earned enough for a couple of generations. 
So for dunya, we don't stop at anything. But for deen, to rectify the heart, to beautify the heart, that is fine wherever it is. No, no, Allah Ta'ala wants us to first beautify the heart. So this is that beautiful thinking. Now this came out of that beautiful thinking. All the stories and the incidents that we read of the Sahaba Ikram, in the Fazail Amal, we hear about this, we should be participating in the Talim. And these are the lessons that come repeatedly. That Sahabi is lying in the battlefield, and now somebody presents water to him, he's thirsty, but then he hears somebody groaning next to him, he says, no, give the water to him. That person now, here's a third person groaning out of thirst, he wants that water, he wants it urgently. Now give it to my neighbor. Person goes to the third person, he passed away. Comes to the second person, he passed away. Comes to the first person, passed away. Now what could have brought a person in that condition, lying there, parched with thirst, dying of thirst, but ready to give up his, that opportunity to have that water for his fellow Muslim. That can only come from an adorned heart. Not just a heart that thinks straight. A heart that thinks straight won't snatch away somebody else's water. That's a heart that's thinking straight, that this is not mine, I can't take it away. The heart that is thinking straight won't try to do somebody else down to fill his coffers. That's a heart thinking straight. But the heart that is adorned, you see, it doesn't matter if I suffer a small loss, but let me do some good for somebody else. It doesn't matter if I just take a step back. If somebody else can, this can become a means of somebody else taking some steps forward. That will come from an adorned heart. So these are the lessons that we have to learn from the hadith, from the lives of the Sahaba Ikram. Uh, in that one incident that we learn about this adorned heart, how it reacts. A heart that is adorned. Very, all these incidents we have discussed on many occasions, but again this lesson to take from it. The very well-known incident of Abu Darda radiallahu ta'ala he wanted to send a proposal somewhere. So he told his friend, Hazrat Salman radiallahu ta'ala you go and propose on my behalf. So he comes to the house, and now he presents the proposal. So the house people think about it immediately, and they come back and tell him, while he's still there, they say, look, Amma Salman, 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 we don't have any intention of getting our daughter married to him. So that chapter is closed. That now is a matter that is closed now. That doesn't exist anymore now in this discussion. They say, but if you're interested, we'll get you married. So now that chapter was closed. So now he thought about it. And after thinking about it, he felt, well, fine. So he accepted. So when he accepted, whoever was present in the house, whatever the necessities were, was all available. The people, witnesses were present enough. So that nikah was performed there and there. And now he comes out. Now he's thinking, what does he tell to his friend, Hazrat Salman Allah? He came to now propose for him to get married. He's coming back as a married man. So in any case, he comes now. And he says to Salman Allah, now he's waiting for what, what happened, what was the outcome. Say, I don't know what to say to you. I'm feeling embarrassed. And then he says, this is what happens. I put forward your proposal. They declined it. But then they proposed to me, I accepted it. So I got married now. So Salman was reply. What was his reply? Now it depends what kind of heart. If the heart is straight, it will give a straight reply. If the heart is ugly, Allah knows best what kind of replies will come out. 
Because it all stems from the heart. If there's an ugly heart, then a person will hear all kinds of ugly words. But Salman had an adorned heart. His response was, you don't have to be embarrassed. I am embarrassed. I am embarrassed that that person who Allah Ta'ala had decreed for you, how did my mind ever go in the direction of Now, how can that thought come when the heart is adorned? And if the heart is ugly, then Allah forbid what will come. Says, I always just thought about it. One day you're going to stab me in the back. There's it. Now you prove yourself. There's a glaring as clear as daylight. I was just wondering when it's going to happen. So it's just a matter of time. Now it has come out. But we went to check up the facts. Did we realize that this person went and Hazrat Abu Darda when he when he went there and he presented the proposal, he extolled the praises of Hazrat Salman that you all know him, you all know these are his virtues. So now in our context, somebody went and did the same. We went and found out how he presented it and then what happened and then they closed that chapter, they said no, we're not interested and then they proposed, no, no, we're not interested in all those details. I just knew this person was stabbed in the back. But now where that comes from? This badgumani, this suspicions, this ill thoughts, it comes from an ill heart. The heart was diseased. So all these diseased thoughts, and these diseased thoughts, poisonous thoughts, it starts putting poison in other people's minds because of what comes out of the mouth. So this heart needs to be adorned. We can't be content with just thinking straight only. That is essential. That is without any compromise that has to happen. That a person thinks straight, he doesn't think in an evil manner, doesn't think wrongly, and wrong thoughts, that is waswasa of shaitan, the involuntary thoughts, that is not something he is accountable for. But as soon as that involuntary thought comes in an adorned heart, an adorned heart also will get waswasa. Because that's shaitan's job. He'll put waswasa everywhere. But when that adorned heart, when a waswasa attacks it, when that whisper of shaitan attacks that adorned heart, like a person, somebody attacks him physically, he sees somebody trying to smash his wealth, how does he react? He just sits down and says, well, okay, this person is taking my wealth away, but let's see what kind of shoes he's wearing, and what car he came in, okay, what, where this person is from, and meanwhile everything is getting stolen and going away. He reacts instantly. I can't allow them, my things to get stolen. So when this heart is adorned, then it reacts instantly to that waswasa. It starts making istighfar from the heart. It starts engaging in the zikr of Allah tabarak wa ta'ala. إِذَا مَسْتَهُمْ طَائِفٌ مِّنَ الشَّيْطَانِ تَذَكَّرُوا فَإِذَا هُمْ مُبْسِرُونَ That when this waswasa of shaitan come, they immediately engage in the remembrance of Allah tabarak wa ta'ala. They start engaging their heart and connecting with Allah tabarak wa ta'ala. So then their hearts become now enlightened. So a dawned heart will react in that way. But a heart that is not adorned, and that heart is just probably thinking straight, it's now in a very dangerous position. It can just flip sometimes. And if that heart is not even thinking straight, then it's already now in a, already in danger. It's already down in the dumps. So now we have to bring it away from the cliff. The heart that is thinking straight is on the edge. We have to bring it away from the cliff, make it think better, adorn it. 
Now when that heart is adorned, it will think not just correctly, it will think beautifully. Not just beautifully, it will think in an extremely beautiful manner. And then the actions that will emanate, that too will be very beautiful. One great personality, Hazrat Mi Azhar Hussein Sahib Rahmatullah very great alim and ustad of the great Akabir of Yoban. Once it was, that time in India, when there was a very major difference of opinion regarding one issue. There were different views, very very sharp differences on that particular view among the very senior ulama as well. And some were aligned to one view in the light of what they understood from the Quran and Sunnah. Some were aligned to another view in the light of what they understood from the Quran and Sunnah. So Nihazul Hussain Rahmatullah he was aligned to one view, the one view that uh, India should, uh, they should, it should be partitioned and there should be a separate place for the Muslims. Pakistan should be created. Uh, this was before the creation of Pakistan. And then on the other side of it was Hazrat Hussain Ahmad Bandi was of the view that this is detrimental for Islam and the Muslims. For Muslims of India and for the Islam in India this is very detrimental. This should not happen. Now this led to very sharp differences. And it was gone to a very very serious level. Between the personalities their hearts were bonded. Each one was on his specific point of view in terms of what he understood from the Quran and Sunnah. But this didn't affect their relationship in any way. But unfortunately people in the public, somebody is aligned to one view, so now they are hurling all kinds of abuse to people of the other, other view. Not just to the people of the other view who are on, among the masses, even the senior personalities, and likewise from the other side. It happened at that time that in Deoban there was a severe drought. So now the Hussain Ahmad Mandi he was the very senior most person among the senior most people there. And it was decided that Salatul Istisqa should be performed. So being the senior most, it would be only obvious that he would be asked to perform the Salatul Istisqa. So in any case, everybody went out, everybody went out, regardless of which uh, view they were aligned with, that did affect it. This is Salatul Istisqa, everybody went. So the first day, Hazrat Badi Rahmatullah performed the Salatul Istisqa. Everybody came back, but no sign of any rain. The second day again, the same thing happened. Everybody went out again into the jungle, so to say. The Salatul Istisqa was performed. And again, no sign of any rain. On the third day, again, everybody went out for Salatul Istisqa. Now, this great personality, Miyazur Hussain Rahmatullah he held the view which was opposite to the point of view of Hazrat Muhammad Rahmatullah And he was also a very senior person. Now, when they went out, it was not his habit to make imamad. He would generally never accept to make imamad. He would decline it. So nobody had even, never, probably even saw him making imamat any time. Perhaps somebody once blew, once in a blue moon something might have happened. On that occasion, now it's Salatul Istisqa, on the third day, everybody has come out. And now before the Madin Rahmatullah can proceed to lead the Salatul Istisqa, he comes forward and he says to him, would you allow me to perform the Salat today? Madin Rahmatullah says, by all means. Most welcome. 
So he went ahead and he led the Salatul Istisqa and everybody went back and again there was no rain. But in any case, this came and went but this was an extremely unusual thing that on the one hand, even when asked to lead the Salah, sometimes he would decline. Here of his own accord, Salatul Istisqa, he came and now under this, these circumstances that where there is this, some kind of tension in the air as well with the personality on the other end and he still goes and he requests himself Al-Mufti Shafi who was his very close student so he came and he asked him that what, see, what, just not adding up something behind it what's the issue, what is the reason behind this so he just told him no worry, nothing, no worry about it this was again that adorned heart that adorned heart if there was something good that a person managed to do some good that he, with the topic of Allah Ta'ala did, he doesn't go around publicizing it, making a big uh, hoo-ha about it. That is the kind of heart that is being created nowadays through social media. Everything must get publicized for everybody. And everybody must know, I am also somebody, they must know where I went and what I did and how I had a good time. So maybe somebody else might even get jealous over me too. And mustn't seem like, you know, I'm nobody, everybody is going somewhere and I was sitting at home perhaps, that's what they might think. So I have to put everything on social media and then now, sometimes I have to show what I ate also. Otherwise people will think maybe this person is only eating dal every day. Because everybody has got all the stakes lying on social media. So now this is, it's now feeding that ego. And we just spoke about what an ugly picture in the heart is that ego. But what is this dream? If a person, one day they cook dal in the house, they're going to put it on social media. Will then come, if a person went, was going on holiday somewhere and he got stuck in one barren place and now it was now completely all down and out and some stinking dirty water was on the side somewhere there. So now he'll put that on social media, see what a place we are in. Everybody must marvel at it. So he's only putting things that will give some boost to his ego, feeding his ego. And now that ego, what does it do to the heart? Does it adorn that heart or does it make it ugly? But now we didn't try to stop and look. Look within the heart, what is there? Is it looking beautiful? Is it shining? Or is it now filled with all kinds of things, all kinds of dirt? So, in any case, here also was the same thing. He just brushed it aside, leave it, don't worry about it. Again he asked him, again he asked him, when he started persisting, then now eventually he said it to him. He said to him that, look, the day one came, the day two came, there was no rain. And Hazrat Madhi Rahmatullah performed the Salah first day, he performed the Salah the second day, no rain. Now if he performed the Salah the third day also, and still no rain came, which was the case, which exactly what happened, then what people will all say, especially now there is this tension, there are people in two groups, so the people who are opposing his view, they'll now latch onto this, and they'll see, see why rain didn't come, because he performed the Salah. So it shows that he is something wrong with him. So therefore I decided rather let me perform the third day. So now when I will perform the Salah the third day, nobody now will be able to point fingers at him that because of you the rain didn't come. That now I became part of it also. Now can we imagine where this emanates from? What kind of heart will this emanate from? What kind of beauty would be in that heart that somebody who is outwardly one's rival we may call it, 
called it one's opponent in a way, just for the sake of a word. Call it somebody who is on the opposite end of one's view, whatever else. Despite that, one is prepared to go out of one's way to protect that person's honor. Go out of one's way to protect that person's dignity. Otherwise, if that heart is ugly, say, this is the right time. Let it happen like that, and I hope the rain doesn't come also. So then we can really go to town. Where that comes from? From an ugly heart. An ugly heart will think like that. And then he'll try to do things like that. He'll try to push a person in a, in a situation which then might become a problem for him. But if the heart is adorned, now this is the end result of that adorned heart. This is how that adorned heart thinks. This is how that adorned heart reacts. And this is that effort we have to make to adorn the heart. Unfortunately, there's so much of focus on trying to adorn everything else. As mentioned, we want to adorn our homes and our cars and our clothing and our shoes. And everything else must get adorned. Whatever na'mad Allah Ta'ala has blessed somebody with, Alhamdulillah, Allah's na'mad, He uses it in a correct way. Does not make that the focus of his life. If he didn't have it, he's not paying any attention to it. He's got it in a halal way. He makes use of it and makes shukr. Alhamdulillah. But he doesn't focus on that. On one occasion when Rasulullah came out on the time when the Sahaba were busy digging the trench before the battle of, or the time of the battle of the trench, it was very difficult work that they had to undergo and they were digging this trench in the severe winter cold and that too in severe hunger. Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi sees this difficulty on the Sahaba and in order to now make their minds focus in the right direction, Nabi Sallallahu looks at them and then he says, Allahumma inna al-aisha aishu al-akhira faghfiri al-ansara wal-muhajira Ya Allah, the real life is a life of the akhirat. This worldly life is a very very short phase. Today a person is here, tomorrow is gone. So even if there is some difficulty, this difficulty also is short-lived. If there is some hardship, there is some mujahada, there is some striving, this too is short-lived. We in a temporary world. So that was the focus Nabi Islam was taking, adorning the heart with this thought, focus on the akhirat. But now those who have adorned hearts, they latch onto these things. One of the great five personalities of our country who passed away some years back, who some, nobody really knows how many huffaz he had produced over time. Hazrat Hafiz Abdurrahman Miyah Sahib Rahmatullahi once when Hazrat Shahati Makhtar Sahib Rahmatullahi had come down, perhaps the first time he came down, so he was taken to visit his Hafiz Sahib as well, and somebody had introduced Hazrat Hafiz Sahib before that, that nobody really knows how many huffaz, thousands of huffaz he's perhaps produced. Hazrat asked him, Aapne kitne hafiz How many huffaz did you produce? So the adorned heart, that adorned heart inside spoke. And it spoke spontaneously. It said, on the day of Qiyamah that how many Allah Ta'ala accepted, that's how many huffaz I prepared. Otherwise, if it didn't get accepted, I prepared nothing. Now that adorned heart, where this thought came, that this statement of, where this, this, Rasulullah mentioned on this occasion, it was his lesson. A person sees something, whatever it is, now things of dunya, and his heart now suddenly starts going in that direction. So when he would come to a place now, everything is very, very eye-catching, something that is now grabbing the heart, 
If a person keeps looking at these things and he keeps flipping, now he's got a good car, mashallah, try it. No problem. Make sugar upon it. But every day he's flipping through the car magazine, he's going to be content on that. Every day he's flipping through the, all the houses on sale. Now he's already just bought something, he's got a good house, mashallah, everything is fine. It's better than what most people can afford. But now he's still flipping through everything every day. What's on sale? So now he's going to be content on what he's got. When Hazrat used to come to some place that is eye-catching, heart-catching in some way, immediately he would recite this. Allahumma la aisha illa aishul akhirah. Ya Allah, the real life is a life of the akhirah. This is dunya. This is all material. Today it's standing high, tomorrow it's in the ground. All this that is reaching, touching the skies, skyscrapers, tomorrow is going to be dust. So a person, mashallah, he'll use it, make shukar upon it. Use it for his benefit, for the benefit of others. Use it to serve the deen of Allah tabarak wa ta'ala. Alhamdulillah, he'll make his akhirat with it also. But the heart not for it. That will be in his hand, that will be in his pocket, it will be in his bank, wherever it is, but not in his heart. The heart, the heart to be adorned with the love of Allah tabarak wa ta'ala. The heart to be adorned with humility. The heart to be adorned with the fikr of akhirat. The heart to be adorned with the concern to make one salah better. The heart to be adorned with bringing all the good qualities in the heart. Taking out all the evil, the ego, the malice, the jealousy, all the various evils of the heart. The pride, the arrogance, the love of dunya. Taking all these things out so that the heart gets adorned with the beautiful things. And in this way that adorned heart will act with beautiful actions. Because that actions come from the heart, that seed is in the heart, that gives rise to the thought, that thought translates itself into actions. If that heart is adorned, there's a beautiful heart, there'll be beautiful thoughts, there'll be beautiful actions. Allah wa ta'ala, give us all the tawfiq, Allah ta'ala, adorn our hearts with his muhabbat and with all the beautiful things and grant us the tawfiq of staying steadfast on deen and take us on iman, raise us on the qiyamah of iman. Akhiru da'awana, alhamdulillah.